Hey guys, it's me, Overreactor, and welcome to the next episode of Official Timeout. Once again, we are going to talk about the rules of Women's Flat Track Roller Derby, and everything I talk about can be found at www.wftda.com. I just want to say a special thank you to all of you guys who have been sharing this on social media and talking to your leagues about it. And I feel like there's a real movement to get people excited about learning the rules. And I appreciate all of you who've written reviews and have subscribed to the podcast. And, you know, if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it because it definitely helps and um, lets people know about this podcast. So, um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of new things to say before we get started. Just life is life and this is this. So let's do it. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about the next section in the rules, which is section 4.4. And in this one, we're going to talk about enforcing penalties. So we've already gone over like all the different kinds of penalties. We've talked about how to score and contact penalties, game structure penalties, penalties for unsporting conduct. And so now it's like, okay, so those are the penalties. How do we enforce them? How do officials enforce them? Here is rule 4.4, enforcing penalties. Here's what it says. Upon completion of the correct verbal cue and hand signal from an official, the penalized skater must immediately leave the track. Upon sitting in any seat in the penalty box, the skater's penalty time begins. Skaters serve 30 seconds of jam time for each penalty assessed to them. The final 10 seconds of their penalty time must be served while standing. If a skater stands early, their time stops until they are seated again. If a skater does not stand in a manner that makes it clear to officials, skaters, and spectators that they are serving their final 10 seconds, their timing stops until they stand. If a skater sits in the penalty box between jams, their time does not start until the beginning of the following jam. If a skater is assessed a penalty but unable to serve it, for example due to an injury or an equipment malfunction, a substitute may serve in their place once the jam ends. In this case, the skater who was unable to serve their own penalty may not skate for the following three jams. Skaters may remove their mouth guard, but no other protective gear while seated in the penalty box. Skaters must replace their mouth guard prior to leaving the penalty box. Nobody may enter the penalty box except for officials and skaters who are serving penalties. Okay, let's move over to the casebook. Here are a few scenarios for section 4.4 enforcing penalties. Here's a little refresher of a snippet of the rule. Upon completion of the correct verbal cue and hand signal from an official, the penalized skater must immediately leave the track. Scenario C4.4.A. White Pivot arrives at the penalty box between jams. They call to their coach and signal that they are injured. The coach sends a new skater to the box. White Pivot gives the new skater the stripe and returns to the bench. The outcome. White Pivot's penalty time is served by the substitute. White Pivot may not skate in the following three jams. The rationale. Skaters may remove themselves from play when injured. A substitute may serve penalty time for an injured skater, but the injured skater may not participate in the next three jams, and the substitute skater 
must fill the same position as the skater filled. Follow-up. If white pivot were not injured but had broken their skate or equipment and thus could not skate in the upcoming jam, a substitute would also be allowed. White pivot would similarly not be allowed to skate during the following three jams. Scenario C4.4.4. B. Red Jammer is skating at the front of the pack, close to the inside track boundary, when they are assessed a penalty. Red Jammer takes themselves out of bounds to the inside of the track and pauses to allow the pack to skate past them. When their path is clear, Red Jammer skates across the outside of the track and then continues around toward the penalty box. The outcome. No additional penalty. The rationale. After receiving a penalty, skaters are required to disengage from play and exit the track to the outside when they have a safe and legal opportunity to do so. Red Jammer momentarily entered the infield in order to remove themselves from play. At the first safe and legal opportunity, they left the track to the outside. No additional penalty is warranted. Keep in mind, skaters remain liable for additional penalties related to safety and must not interfere with officials performing their duties. Scenario C4.4.C. Red Pivot is skating along the straightaway opposite the pivot and jammer lines, close to the inside track boundary. They are assessed a penalty and take themselves out of bounds to the inside of the track. Red Pivot then skates across the infield and the straightaway with the pivot and jammer lines to enter the penalty box. The Outcome Red Pivot is assessed an additional penalty. The Rationale After receiving a penalty, skaters are required to exit the track to the outside relative to where that penalty was issued. Red Pivot exits the track to the opposite side of where they were penalized. You can't do that. Don't go through the middle. That's silly. Scenario C4.4.D Red Pivot is assessed a penalty at the end of the straightaway opposite the pivot and jammer lines just before the turn. They acknowledge the penalty and skate directly towards the penalty box. The path they take toward the penalty box results in their exiting the track near the jammer line. The outcome, Red Pivot is assessed an additional penalty. The rationale, after a penalty, skaters are required to exit the track to the outside relative to where that penalty was issued. Red Pivot exits the track a significant distance from where they were initially penalized. Okay, those are all of the scenarios for section 4.4. Um, I do want to comment. There were a few things I was like, oh, let me comment about this. Okay, so it says, upon completion of the correct verbal cue and hand signal from an official, this is something that I'll go over in more detail later in an episode um, when we talk about hand signals and verbal cues. But basically, when a penalty is given, the official will blow their whistle once, then say the color of the person. Like if they are blue jerseys, they'll say whistle blue and then the number. So if your number is seven, they would say toot blue seven, followed by a verbal cue of the penalty, um, misconduct, or track cut, or multiplayer block. And when they say that, they'll combine it with the hand signal for that block. One thing that um, I learned as an official is, let's say there's a double digit, like if it was 17, like 1-7, we don't say blue 17. No, we say blue 1-7. If it's 1701, you would say 1701, not 1701. Maybe sometimes say 
people say 1701, but typically I've, I've heard people say zero, not O for the zero digit. So that is what happens, and, and then they signal you with their hand to go to the box itself. This uh, scenario D in 4.4 where the, let's see, where the pivot gets a penalty and then like skates on the track across the curve to exit the track. It's like, uh, I see this often where people will just take the most direct line to the penalty box instead of the most direct line to the outside of the track. And and you really got to be careful for that because I think that's an easy one to kind of not really notice because in your mind, you're like, I got a penalty. I have to get to the box. And you just go straight to the box. Well, your first action must be get off the track. And if you're skating on the track toward the penalty box, even if you don't go to the inside, then that's a no-no and you would get an additional penalty because you have to get off the track to the outside in the in a legal and safe way. You know, like they had that scenario where the skater's first opportunity was to get to the inside, but then they didn't, uh, they disengaged from play and waited for a safe opportunity to get off the track to the outside. That's okay, but don't get to the inside then go, if the penalty box on the other side, don't skate through the middle to go. Or you're going to get another penalty and you'll have to sit in the box for a whole minute. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, this was kind of a short section. Next week, we'll pick back up at section 4.4.1, which is uh, penalty enforcement for blockers. And then it looks like uh, pretty short scenarios. And then it is the uh, enforcement for jammers. So I'll get through both of those sections next week. All right, you guys, have fun, and I'll talk at you later. Bye.